Hey guys, what's going on? Cody Grant here along with Ryan Horvat, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Plenty of NFL talk to get to. NFL playoffs are in full form, divisional round. Coaching hires all over the place right now. A couple of uh, new guys on new teams. We'll get to all of that. Ryan, how's it going, man? Pretty good. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. What did we call our podcast, by the way? I don't think we ever named it. Off the Rails, I think it was. Off the Rails. We'll yeah. go with that. Like, so off, the rails. Off, the rails. off the Rails. I haven't even seen you in like three months. I know. Like, you've been working a shift that you don't even, You never. I never see you. I barely see anybody in this building, which yeah. is sometimes kind of nice because you come in here, I can wear like sweatpants to work with a hole in them and things like that. I wore slippers to work. But it's crazy because, well, you were off for the holiday, so I filled in for you. I took like 14 days off. And so I was in for you. I was with Bart. I was on the big show. I was on Michael's show. I was all around. But mostly I'm here at night. And then I'm still asleep. So it's crazy because I told Bart this. And I probably shouldn't admit it, but I'd never even get to hear you guys in the morning because <laughs> I don't wake up until like 10, 11 a.m. Because I'm getting home at like 10, well, it's 3 tough too when you're you getting know? home that late. Right. Like even if I get home from a Bucks game covering one on a weekday like at like 1130, like I have to go straight to bed because there's just no way I can stay up that long and, and get up in the morning and be like functioning. It's tough. I'm not a morning person. I've never been a morning person. Right. I've been doing a morning show now for almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely tough. I feel like a vampire, though. And then, like, your whole day is kind of screwed. Even if you do get, like, six, seven hours of sleep, but you sleep till like, 10, 11 a.m., I feel like I miss everything. Like, right now, I'm, like, just waking up for the day. Vic Fangio's got a new job. Yep. And breaking news, the Browns, well, breaking news while we're recording this, the Browns are named naming Freddie Kitchens their new head coach. Now, are you surprised by that? A little bit. I just think that that's the most boring name out there, and you're pairing Freddie Kitchens with Baker Mayfield for the next five-plus years. Right. I, I would have went for... I thought that that's where ultimately Josh McDaniels was going to end up, to tell you the truth. I wonder if the Browns thought that too, but as soon as uh, Matt LaFleur came to the Packers that Josh McDaniels, and he said that you know he's not going to interview now anymore, he's going to mm-hmm. stay with the Patriots, the Browns kind of was screwed out of that one you think that's what it was it could be but it was packers or bust for mcdaniels i guess so because he did say though he was interested in the browns didn't he say that yeah i thought i thought so i mean he shot down the Bengals. there's no way he was going to the jets he was only going to go to a place where he knew he could succeed but if he didn't think he succeed in cleveland i just and i thought i thought cleveland was just as if not a little bit more attractive than the Packers head coaching job. Really? Because you have Baker Mayfield for such a long time in his career compared to Aaron Rodgers, who's got maybe four years left. Right. But at the same time, I think Green Bay has a better opportunity to win now than Cleveland does. Yeah, I would probably, I would lean Green Bay because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and and all that fun stuff. But yeah, Cleveland, I think would be the second best job. I kind of like the New York job, to tell you the truth, too, because I think Sam Darnold's going to be the real deal. McCarthy's already said that it's either, well, now it would have to be because all the other positions, or vacated positions are getting filled, but McCarthy said it was Jets or bus for him. That was yeah. the only team that he wanted to coach. I kind of, I have to agree, though, because I wouldn't want to go to Arizona. I do like Josh Rosen, but I, just in that division, I mean, you have the Rams who are built to last for the next couple of years, I mean, until they have to pay Jared Goff. I mean, you got Jared Goff on the rookie deal, but look what they did in the offseason last year. I mean, they're kind of stacked to win for like the next three to four years, at least I would say would be their ceiling. The Seahawks, we thought they were going to go through a rebuild and they just kind of like revamped the way that they 
run that team. Uh, well, you got not, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson there. That team's always going to be considered good. Always. Right. And even the Niners, I mean, the Niners were competitive this season without Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know what he's going to look like, obviously, after the torn ACL, but still, they're going to be around. So I don't know that I'd want to go coach in that division, to tell you the truth. But you look at the Jets, and obviously the Patriots are always going to be there, but Belichick's probably leaving. I think that's why McDaniels will stick around. I think he'll eventually be the head coach, I would think. Brady's maybe got, what, maybe a year or two left? You never know with him, man. Gronk looks like he should have retired last year. Gronk can't play football anymore. No, he really can't. can't. No, he can't. He could barely move. Like, he's a nice decoy in the red zone because he's still like a 6'6 monster. Even when he is playing, how often do they throw to him? I feel like they don't even really miss him when he's hurt. He's just a decoy because you still have to, you know, you still have to kind of double him up in the red zone because he's such a big target, but that's all he is at this point. You don't want to see Gronk with the ball in the open field. I get nervous every time I see Gronk like in the open field, like somebody's <laughs> just going to blow his knee out. Like, yeah, he's just going to get hurt. But I agree with you that I think the Jets right now, as far as the openings, because you have Miami, uh, Buccaneers' job got filled. Miami's a mess. Too. Miami's a mess. I wouldn't want to go to Miami, especially with Ryan Tannehill there. Mm-hmm. And you have to move on from him. He's not the real deal. He's not no. a guy that's going to lead your team no. to the Super Bowl. And Mike McCarthy. If you look at him, he's still a good coach. I think we can all agree that Mike McCarthy is a good coach. It was just time for him to move on from Green Bay. Mm -hmm. I think the Jets and McCarthy are perfect for each other. And Sam Darnold, I told you back when we used to do our podcast several years ago, it seems like. I liked Sam Darnold coming out of college. And, you know, a lot of people pegged him to be the number one overall pick. Of course, Cleveland went Baker Mayfield, and that's looking like it's going to work out. But Sam Darnold on the Jets has looked pretty decent this year. He's had some good games. Of course, his debut game we saw, he threw that horrible interception, but came back and threw, what, two or three touchdowns on the Lions? Oh, yeah, Monday Night like, Football. He, yeah. He, yeah, he's shown some some really good promise early on. Um, him, obviously, being a rookie, it'll be interesting to see what he does in this in year two. And they have some talent on that team. Robbie Anderson's a pretty good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Elijah McGuire had some pretty good games at running back. Mm-hmm. And defensively, they got some players, too. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing with Darnold, is I loved him his first year at USC because he took care of the football and then the next year, the year where he was, all the hype was it was either going to be him or Rosen going number one because nobody thought Baker Mayfield was going number one. He yeah, I was shocked when that happened. Played out of his ass all season long and took a, you know, had had a bull berth. But um, yeah, I, I I think with Darnold, like he had really good stretches. Week one, he was really good, and then he went into like this three or four week funk, and he was beat up, and they sat him down. And kind of had him just like sit back and watch for a couple weeks. And then he came back the last two, three weeks of the season. He was really good. But if you look at what Mike McCarthy does, that's what he does is he gets the most out of his quarterbacks. He's a good quarterback tutor. I don't care what you say about, I mean, him and Rodgers' relationship obviously was rocky the last couple seasons. But, I mean, he came to Green Bay, he fixed Brett Favre, um, kind of revamped that whole offense, fixed the way that Favre was playing, limited his turnovers. And then with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the work he did those first couple seasons and the Super Bowl season were pretty remarkable. So I think he would get the most out of Sam Darnold. Could kind of maybe fix up some of the mechanics. Darnold still turns the ball over a little bit too much. He throws off his back foot. And a lot of rookies do. All of them do. And that's something that you can work on, too, moving forward. I think, yeah, McCarthy would limit that. And I think that's the division I'd want to be coaching in right now. And you also mentioned, too, just a little bit ago, how Josh McDaniels, you think he'll take over for Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Once Belichick and Brady are gone, now that division is time to open up. And you look at some of the teams in the division, Miami, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. No. The Jets may be the most capable team of taking over that division once Brady and Belichick are gone. Yeah, and you're in a, you know one of the biggest markets 
So I, I just think that that's a perfect fit. Um, I've always found it weird, though, that MetLife Stadium is in New Jersey. I, I, I know. Instead of New York? Instead of New York, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But I, uh, and another thing, too, really quick about McCarthy, you look at his last couple of years, sometimes with coaches or with athletes, don't you think they just get worn out? Yeah, that's Especially what it was. with McCarthy being in Green Bay for, what, 13 seasons? Yeah, it was he just... He just was worn out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need a fresh start, and he's still a good coach, and it can happen in New York. Yeah, exactly. I think that his message had just kind of grown stale just because it was the same message every single season, and the team was struggling. And I think the team was pretty much doomed, to be quite honest, in the beginning of the season, or in the off season, I should say. Um, you know, it was just kind of... It seemed like a mess all season long, Uh Obviously, it was time to move on from one of the other, Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb, but the way that they did it, and then the way that you bring in Jimmy Graham, knowing damn well that Mike McCarthy doesn't really like to use a tight end, so just paying Jimmy Graham, and then, you know, Muhammad Wilkerson gets hurt, none of the free agents really hit, you rely on rookies once again, so it was kind of just a mess, I don't really fault McCarthy, and then... I also feel like, and I keep saying this, that it was a lose-lose situation for McCarthy heading into last season because, okay, you didn't extend him, so he was pretty much fighting for his job. It was pretty much, I would say at least, NFC Championship this season or bust. Like, if he didn't win I would a have playoff gone game as far two, as going Super Bowl, Super Bowl or bust. bust. Right, and that could, have, that, that could have been it. So it was kind of a lose-lose situation. So he was coaching for his job, and yeah, it was just a mess. So I think he'll be all right. Um Unless the game's passed them up, which you see all the time. You know, McCarthy was this great offensive mind, you know, a decade ago. Maybe the game's just passed them by Happens a little bit. Happens in every because, sport, too. Yeah, you got guys like Sean McVay out there now. I mean, scheming wide receivers open down the field. I think McCarthy might. Yeah, five coaches in the NFL at 40 years of age or younger. I feel like such, like I really need to do something. I feel like a loser. In the next, in the next like Sean McVay years. is five years older than I am. I'm a loser. And he's killing it at life. I don't know if you've seen his girlfriend. Yeah. She's like a Turkish model or like something like that. She's God. ridiculous. Yeah, that guy is he's just... He's got a coaching tree already. He's 32. I guess we should probably at least bring up the Packers hire. What are your thoughts on uh, Matt LaFleur? I mean, I don't know. Like he's... Like, no, exactly. I thought they were going Josh McDaniels. Like, I did too. That's where everything was looking at. I wanted Adam Gase. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I know you did too. And Adam Gase did a great job in Chicago of Jay Cutler. He gave Cutler his best season of his career. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Rodgers this year was very Cutler-esque. Not in his play on the field, but his attitude on and off the field. Yeah, he yeah, seemed kind of like a little arrogant. Little, I mean, Rodgers is arrogant. He has kinda every like right to it. be arrogant, but over-the-top yeah. arrogance, kind of mm-hmm. like Cutler. And Gase is been known as a quarterback whisperer. Didn't work with Tannehill, but I think that could be lack of talent. I mean, Rodgers, we all know, has all the talent in the world. But mm-hmm. I was always looking at McDaniels, and I thought he would have been a good fit with Green Bay. Young, vibrant, hard worker. He's going to coach the hell out of Rodgers. But a lot of people are saying that's what's going to happen with Matt LaFleur, and I think that's what Rodgers needs right now. And I think that might be is what he wants right now. But honestly, we won't know if this is a good hire or not for Maybe two years, maybe four years. I don't know. That's what people were saying about Matt Nagy. I was listening to a lot of Chicago sports talk when they made the hire, and the knock was, well, he's never called plays. And then it was like, well, he has called plays. He's called plays in five games, one of them being the playoff loss where he neglected to run the football. You know, there's always that knock. And when the Bears hired him, a lot of fans came at the Bears because Nagy blew the playoff game for the Uh Chiefs. It's like, you know, 
And then, too, with LaFleur, people are going at LaFleur because he got the Titans, what, the 22 best offense? Well, they had a lot of injuries. Dealing with Marcus Mariota all year, and of course, Delaney Walker, their best offensive threat, he was out all season. Yeah, and I hate to break the news, but uh, Marcus Mariota is no good. Yeah. He's not a good NFL quarterback. Better than Jameis Winston. Maybe. I don't know. Well, we'll see now with Jameis. There's another hire that I really like, actually. I love Bruce Arians for Jameis Winston. He loves Winston. I don't know. I mean, at least Winston, okay. He's a mess off the field, and I just can't root for the guy. I would move on if I was Tampa Bay, but for some reason, they're not going to. But the thing about Jameis Winston, he can make every NFL throw. Mariota, what is it, year four, year five? I don't even know anymore, and he cannot make every NFL throw. I mean, he's good with his legs. He's just, and he's always hurt. Maybe you combine the, the two the game, guys. He's hurt. Maybe you combine the two guys, because I think Mariota has that leadership quality. Yeah. I think those guys rally around him. But if you look at straight talent, there's a reason why Jameis Winston went number one and Mariota went number two. He's just not all there in the head. I mean, the guy's off. I mean, yeah, every offseason. about crab legs. And- every offseason. He's, I don't even want to get into that. But yeah, but so uh, that's, that's the thing. Like quarterback play, it all comes down to coaching, in my opinion. The message had grown stale in Green Bay. Um, in my opinion. So it was time for a fresh change. But now I'm interested to see if Rodgers is going to buy into this system. I think what you need to do is kind of what the Saints did with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, they went, what, the Saints went 7-9, and nine, what, three consecutive three seasons? Three straight years. And Drew Brees was dropping back the pass like 40-plus times, playing from behind, I get, but he was just dropping back way too many times for an aging quarterback. So what they did is they revamped. I mean, you also hit on... Uh, Alvin Kamara, I mean, you know, one of the best backs in the league. You hit on him in the draft, and you got Mark Ingram to stick around and kind of buy into the system where he was going to be in a two-back offense. I mean, you see those guys on the field at the same time. But look what the Saints have done with Drew Brees. Look what Sean Payton's done with that offense and all the coordinators over there. Because now he's dropping back, what, like at a max 25 times. They're running the football. He's got two backs. And here's what the Packers need to do. I, I hate this, like, conversation, like, Jamal Williams, it's it's got to be Jamal Williams this series, and it has to be Aaron Jones this series. Newsflash, it's 2019. You could use both of them even at the same time, but you Absolutely. could rotate them. I mean, Jamal Williams is obviously the better pass blocker. I'll use him on short-yarded situations. I still want Aaron Jones touching the ball 20 times, and that's what I would do. I'd mirror kind of what the Saints do with that offense where you could pill, uh, you could play both backs at the same time, rotate them, maybe even throw in a fullback every once in a while or throw a tight end back there. But have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball max 25, 30 times per game and have him do. Here was what was great about the Chicago game when he came back in the second half. It was all get rid of the ball quickly, like a quick you know two-step drop, just drop back, boom. Look why Tom Brady's so successful. Yeah. Look what Drew Brees is doing. He's not getting hit this year. That's the big difference. You can't have Aaron Rodgers. the Packers Rogers. don't have a horrible offensive line, but they're so unhealthy. Right. When you, I mean, Spriggs, I don't think he did that bad of a job this year. They were like the number one rated, I believe. Uh, by Pro Football Focus. Which right. Which you take I, with a grain of salt. Right. I mean, it's just kind of. But a lot of the times when Rodgers was getting hit was because he was holding on to the ball for so damn long. And that's the thing. You have to, and I, and I know that that's just, he's kind of set in his ways. And I think that that's where I'm interested in seeing what Matt LaFleur could do. If that's he why could, it's very similar to the Brett Favre situation where McCarthy fixed Brett Favre. Right now, Rodgers needs to be fixed. Because, let's face it, Rodgers to his standards, had a bad season. But yeah. you're still not taking hardly he any threw, quarterback over Rodgers, right? right? He threw two like, interceptions. Like we're hard on Rodgers this year, mm-hmm. not because he had a bad year, but because he had a bad year for his standards. Because right. he has set the bar for what we expect from Aaron Rodgers. 
And when he's not playing at that God level, we're like, well, what the hell are you doing? Right. Everybody talks like, when's the last time you saw Mike McCarthy run a flea flicker or a wide receiver reverse? You don't even need to do all that, to tell you the truth. You just need to scheme these wide receivers down the field into the end zone, these rookies. Um, You have a... Top 10, I'm going to say. I mean, he, we could even maybe go top five wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Use Jimmy Graham. Find a way to use him or cut him. Um, if, if you do if you do want to cut him, I mean, obviously it's going to cost you some money, but this is the year to do it because if you want to draft a tight end, there's tons of tight ends in this draft. It's very tight end heavy. So if you can't find one this year, then you're a moron. Um, but that's what I would do. 25 times you're dropping back with Rodgers. Run the football. Get rid of the ball quickly. You don't have to dink and dunk. I know that's tough to do down the field, but scheme those guys open. Well, Lafleur, you don't have to be too, Sean McVay, but like Lafleur is all Saints about do. explosive plays mm-hmm. too. I mean, he said that that's the same thing that Gary Kubiak that's kind of said. Though. That's the same thing that Sean McVay said, right. And Shanahan said, and that is a little scary because Rodgers loves explosive plays. We all know that. He's that's big why he holds. That's why he holds a ball on for so long. But right. you bring back Week One against the Bears, him getting that knee injury was really what made them successful in that game because he couldn't move around. He had to stay in the pocket, and that's the Tom Brady method. That's what Tom Brady does, and that's why he's so successful. You take what the defense gives to you, and sometimes I think Rodgers, he has such a big ego, which you can't blame him because we know how good he is. He's arguably the most talented quarterback in NFL history. I mean, I would go as far to say as he is the most talented quarterback in NFL history, but sometimes you have to put your ego to the side and do what's best for the team. Right. And that's... I think is what the problem was with Rodgers this season is that he was more worried about that touchdown interception ratio than winning games at, yeah. at, at a at a point. I mean, I don't think he wants to lose. Obviously, he wants to win, but it just seemed to me that he passed up positive plays to try to make that home run play. I don't think he trusted anybody when it wasn't there, and that could be it too. I mean, he didn't have Jordy Nelson, right? He had Devontae Adams, who I'm sure he trusts very well, as he throws to him a lot. And Devontae Adams has broken some records this season, Packers mm-hmm. records, that is. But Jimmy Graham, he couldn't get on the same page with really his rookie receivers. That was just I mean, Donald Scantling came on pretty well late in the season, but there's still guys on that team that let me be honest. I don't think Rodgers wants to throw to. Let me be honest here. Um, none of the three really impressed me all that much. I like I, Scantling. I like, like I like them. They could be nice players. I just don't see uh, superstar potential. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, none of those guys are going to end up like Devontae Adams. No, they'll all be decent twos or threes, like maybe some like Nate Burleson type receivers. But I don't see any. And I know people were down on Devontae Adams when he had problems hanging on to the football and he had the drops. This you know a couple seasons, people were down on him. But I always like saw it in Devontae Adams, and so did Rogers. You know, even when he was dropping passes, Rodgers always went back to him, and he always knew that there was something with him. You know, um, you always knew that he he saw something in Cobb, especially when he when they let Greg Jennings walk. You could kind of see it that he was leaning towards Cobb. You know, starting to favor him. Jordy Nelson, like James Jones, even uh, had a couple rough seasons. You know, before he led the league in touchdowns the one year with thirteen or fourteen, whatever it was. But he just didn't seem like he ever had confidence in any of these guys. I don't. I don't know why you picked up Jimmy Graham because you don't use a tight end. And Jimmy Graham is a little bit older. If you're not going to use him in the red zone, like he was coming off a season in Seattle where he had double digit touchdowns in the red zone, and that's the only place you could really use him. And Green Bay just doesn't really do that. It's just not in their offense. So we'll see what they do in the offseason. I'm intrigued though to see. If Jim, you know, if Jimmy Graham's still there, even and I don't do think Jimmy Graham, offense, if Rodgers buys in, I think Graham's done. 
in the sense that he just doesn't have that same athleticism. And, and, and it's not Injuries, even he's getting it, older. It's not even that he, he needs to be just as athletic as <laughs> he, he was paid, in New right. Orleans. It's the fact that it's not even close. No. He's not even close to the same type of player. And I and think he, he wasn't in Seattle, though. No, he wasn't. But but you look at the statistics in Seattle, and it's like, well, he led the league for those three seasons in red zone touchdowns. Yeah. Number two was Jordy Nelson during that span of time. But you still couldn't find that same kind of magic that Seattle found with him. But when you brought him over to Green Bay, even I said, I'm like, oh, this is a great signing because look what he did in Seattle with a team that was so run heavy. I mean, I think they led the league in rushing yards this season with their running back by committee. You've, That's why they lost in the playoffs to be not to go off on a tangent here, yeah. but they just just lived with the they, they lived do. and die with the run. They do. And which is surprising because right. they didn't hand off to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. Right. But no, you mean that <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, I completely agree with it. I, I But it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And I don't think Graham like he didn't have an awful season. It's just not what we expected from him. Right. And yeah, I, I'll die on this hill. I hated this. I hated the pickup because I just thought that you should have went one more run with Rodgers, uh, Jordy Nelson, Cobb. I mean, I get it. Jordy had to take a pay cut, but the pay cut that you know they reportedly said a million dollars or whatever, like that's what they. That's offered. a slap in the face, right? It's a slap in the face to a guy that played with you know broken ribs. I mean, you know, came back from a torn ACL to be comeback player of the year. It's a business. And I understand you don't pay guys for what they've done. You pay them for what they're going to do. But, but even even in Oakland, he had some moments. And you got to think with Rodgers as your quarterback and the, the rapport that those two have, familiar, yeah, he can throw him open. And there was no doubt that Jordy lost a step or two. But even with Rodgers as a quarterback, and let me, let me put this out there too, yeah. I was fine with them giving rid of Jordy because mm-hmm. I saw that he lost a step. You can tell from watching him with Brett Hundley, and you look what Devontae Adams did with Brett Hundley, he was able to put up still great numbers, be a pro I have a theory on that, that but, Devontae Adams was still trying to trying to make his money at the time, <laughs> yeah. and he's a lot younger, whereas Absolutely. Jordy was like, this team's headed nowhere, I got my money, so yeah, kind of like, could screw be it, it too. mentality, because Hundley, let's be honest, he was pissing down his leg half of the season. I mean, look at Martellus Bennett. He, was he didn't even want to play there. That's what I mean, but yeah, go on. But my point is saying, even with Jordy losing steps, you still had this great friendship and this great hookup between him and Aaron Rodgers where mm-hmm. Rodgers can throw him open. He could still be a viable option, yeah. especially on a team that didn't have a lot of weapons. Yeah, Devontae Adams, yeah, top five, top six wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. But after that, where would you put those guys? Randall Cobb was hurt pretty much all season long. Geronimo Allison didn't do much. He was hurt. Yeah. Jimmy Graham didn't do much. He's not the same. They didn't even use the other tight ends in Kendricks and uh, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And then the three rookie wide receivers, like I said, Scantling had some good games. St. Brown had some good moments, but that's about it. That's why I would have just brought him back for one more run. But then, you know, I, okay, so I wanted him to make one more run because that's all it was is you had guys on with one more year on their deal, and I was like, screw it, because look, and look at the result. I mean, if I'm going to win six, seven games, I'd rather win six, seven games with the guys with my favorite players of all time, like Jordy Nelson and, and, and you know, Randall Cobb. And I'm, you could throw Clay's name off there because I've kind of <laughs> fallen out of love with Clay Matthews in the off past the Clay four train. years. Yeah, I mean, I've been off that train for years. But I just wanted to make one more run with the team that I kind of, it's almost like you grew up watching these guys, even though I was already, you know, mid-20s when this run started. But still, it's like you become so familiar with Randall Cobb, with Jordy Nelson, with Aaron Rodgers and all these guys. I just wanted to see him make one more run. But then I was like, you know what? 
I'm fine with with them letting Jordy go because this is going to free up some money and we need an edge rusher because Nick Perry is absolute dog shit. So I was like, I'm fine with this actually because Khalil Mack, the rumor was floating out there. I'm like, we're going to trade for Khalil Mack. We're going to be able to afford him because I don't want him just on a one year, you know, deal. And then he goes off and he's and he's somewhere else making 150 million dollars. So. I was excited because I was like, here comes the edge rusher and Cleo Mack. And then Jordy's gone. The Bears make the move for Cleo Mack. So you have to face him twice a year. And you bring in Jimmy Graham. So I hated the fucking move, to be quite honest. But let's move on because I can't. I don't. I'm done being angry. Now let's talk. Let's talk about enjoyable football. Let's talk uh, NFL playoffs. Absolutely. Before we go to NFL playoffs, though, I do want to touch on really quick Vic Fangio. Oh, has yeah. been hired by the Denver Broncos to be their head coach, so he's no longer the Bears' defensive coordinator. Me, as a Bears fan, I'm very upset with this move, but I knew it was coming. I had a feeling he was going to leave. And the one bright side is that Bears' defensive coordinator job has to be the most sought-after coordinator job in the NFL right now, where they're going to be able to hire anyone. I saw Todd Bull's name come up as well. Please hire Todd Bull's. You don't like Todd Bull's? Oh, no, not at all. I think he's a good coordinator. I don't think he's a good head coach. Right. <laughs> I don't want him as a head coach. But as a coordinator, he's he's done good work. Yeah, but when you're when we're comparing names and you're losing Vic Fangio and you bring up Todd Bowles as, as a Packers fan. There's a drop off. Yeah. There's a there's a drop off. <laughs> right. I mean Fangio's the best defense coordinator in the NFL. Uh yeah. Uh may am I crazy that I'm gonna throw him top five all time? Vic Fangio. I'm gonna have to think about it. But right, I mean, just, we'll just the fact that I have to think about it, I don't think it makes you crazy. The shit that he draws up, his schemes are so ridiculous and so complex. And, and you know so Vic Fangio confusing. very well because, of course, the Packers' times facing San Francisco. Because he owns Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, he owned Aaron Rodgers in those playoff games. Um, obviously, I mean, you could kind of go, go by what Aaron Rodgers does to the Bears, but... Now we see what Vic Fangio can do when he has the horses, when he has the players. Because in San Francisco, he had the players to run that scheme. And like I said, it's so complex. The shit he does is like so confusing. Not only for the offense, but just him getting all the defensive players, all 11 on the same page, is ridiculous. And you look at what he does, though, this year with the Bears, when he has the dominant pass rushers. Number one defense Akeem in the league. Hicks, when he has, you know, Cleo Mack. When he has defensive backs where he could get coverage sacks as well. See, he hadn't had that in Chicago. But he was still putting, with, like, the product that he had in Chicago, the defense was not really the issue. Well, um, and also, too, when he was there before Nagy was there and John Fox was the head coach. Yeah, John Fox. The was- offense they ran was just run, run, pass. Yeah. Run, run, pass. And they would play games not to lose. Right. So they would they would play so conservative that they would hold on the ball a little bit longer. They wouldn't go for those home run plays ever. Because Fox, I, I, I don't know if I can even think of a more conservative head coach than John Fox ever. And I think Fangio benefited from that too. But once he started getting the talent, because even before they got Khalil Mack, they were top 10 defense last year. I was going to say last year they were, right. And now you get Mack, and then that put them over the top as the number one defense, best defense in the league as far as scoring uh, turnovers up there in sacks as well. But yeah, Fangio, just a brilliant defensive mind. And we'll see what he does in Denver. And he's got another toy there now in Von Miller who I guarantee you he's going to be excited to use. A crazy stat about Vic Fangio to kind of, you know... Before, I didn't call you crazy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, well, I was um, talking during the big show, and I was like, I would take Vic Fangio as my head coach. I'd want an offensive mind in there, but I just feel like 
Have you ever heard a player leave and say anything bad about Vic Fangio? Never. Like, he is a player's coach. Everybody loves playing for that guy. During his first three years in Chicago, the Bears' defense improved from a 30th-ranked unit in 2014 to 14, 15, and then 10. And now look at where they're at. Number one. That's insane. 30 to 14 in one season. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Everybody's like, like jacking off to what Mike Pettin did with his Packers. And Pettin defense. did a good job. He did a good job. He he does. I'll, I'll give you this. He does a great job at like freeing up pass rushers just to dive at the quarterback's legs and miss. Also, he doesn't have he doesn't have, have he the doesn't personnel have, that right, the Bears he doesn't have. have the personnel. Just like Fangio, but man, what Fangio does is amazing. Absolutely, so, you need to have the personnel mm-hmm. to be to to be successful. Yeah, but you also need to be a great coach. To have that personnel reach their full potential, and that's what Fangio can do. Yeah, I think this is this um, losing Vic Fangio as your defensive coordinator is comparable, like to losing Khalil Mack or Keem Hicks or Kyle Fuller for for a season. I think that they, I wouldn't go as far as Khalil Mack because I, I just think he's such a game changer. But I, I see where you're coming from. It's going to it's going to hurt them. I don't know how big of a step back they take. I mean, we'll find out. Also, that defense stayed relatively healthy throughout well, the whole season, so which I'll, you're not going to have. One thing I want to get to as well too with the Bears. Seven and nine next season. They went twelve opinion. and four this year. Mm-hmm. They're not going to win twelve games next year. Mm-hmm. You look at the Vikings, Jacksonville, those two teams I reference. They had such good years two years ago. Right. They were healthy on defense. Their defense was so good to always drag the offense out. Mm-hmm. If they couldn't score points, their defense was good enough to limit points. Yeah. And their offense could do just enough to get over. The Bears benefited from a weak schedule this season. They played a fourth-place schedule. Didn't have a whole lot of marquee games. New England was a marquee game. They lost. Uh, They played the Packers twice. Packers weren't that good this season. They split those games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota was a big game on the Sunday night football game, the game they won. And they they beat L.A. too, which was a big game. But besides that, they didn't have a whole lot of marquee games next season. They're going to have a whole bunch of them. So it all depends on the defense takes a step back, but they're still talented from top to bottom. But now it's about depth because they don't have a lot of salary cap to spend in free agency. Mm-hmm. They don't have a first-round draft pick now because they in the trade for Cleo Mack. Right. Big fan, you're the best defense coordinator in the NFL, is no longer their defensive coach. So we'll see what happens there. But it all relies on the offense. And if Trubisky can take that Jared Goff-like step mm-hmm. from your from, – in Trubisky's sense, year two to year three, mm-hmm. which he did show strides this year, but not to the point where you look at him and rely on him. Okay, you could put up 25, 30 points week in and week out if the, if the, you can't rely on the defense every single week. Yeah, that's a good comparison because, and especially for the Bears next season, I mean, you could take a step back and be and, and go six and ten, seven and nine, and do what Jacksonville did, like you just you know kind of reference. Uh, Tennessee took a step back. I mean, they, they were a game away from. the I still playoffs, think Trubisky but, though is better off than Bortles. Well, that's what I'm saying. Or you could be the Rams who made that leap, you know, in Sean McVay's first season, and you could go from like you know a 12 win team to sustaining that success, or like a 13 or 14 win team, and get even better because that's what the Rams did this season. They also yeah. made a huge splash in free agency because. You know that you bring in Sue and and uh, Talib yeah. and Marcus Peters because you have Jared Goff on the rookie and the, deal, and even with Trubisky in the rookie deal, I don't think the, the Bears can't afford to do well, that because they are though, paying because, a lot of guys. They're paying Cleo Mack like Mack quarterback has. Money. Yeah, he has the richest contract right. in NFL history. But my point is, I'm trying to make too with that schedule difference, they could be a better team next year. Mm-hmm. But you get some 
they were so lucky with health this season. Right. And that hasn't happened in the NFL two straight years. It never happens. So no. you have to expect somebody on that defense is going to go down. God forbid it's Cleo Mack, who actually did miss a few games this season. But they could be a better team and still win less games. Yeah, they, they, they could be a better team and go nine and seven. They could be a better team and go you know ten and six and still be fighting for a wild card spot. That yeah. could happen, and we've seen that happen in the past. Well, yeah, there's just so much parity in the league right now too. Well, I the mean, way the way like the NFL record, set up. But... I mean, what is it? The last sixteen seasons, fifteen out of the last sixteen seasons, a team has gone in their division worst to first. Right. It happens every year. Every year. You see it happen. And especially now with these first year head coaches, you know, that come over like Sean McVay, like Matt Nagy. The crazy thing about Matt Nagy is I remember hearing everybody say he's still a year or two years. You know, this hire is a year or two years too early. Yeah. I mean, even he said before the season. You gotta get those guys early though because you do. And that's what the Packers are trying to do with Matt LaFleur. But even Nagy said before the season started that this is going to take two years for him to fully implement his offense and get Mitch Trubisky up to speed where he wants him so they are a year ahead of schedule but i don't look at it in like you know a baseball term like the brewers are a year ahead of schedule or the cubs a few years ago were a year ahead of schedule because football <laughs> there is so much parity right there is so much parity and you need to have luck and it's based to be on good. luck and health it is luck and health because you could be the most talented team in the league but if you don't have luck and health you're not going to win. And especially, well, yeah, look at the Packers this season as a prime example. Everybody's ragging on how the Packers are two to three years away and they have to just you know blow everything up and rebuild it, but they easily could have won 11 games. The Week Vikings two, game where they got screwed on the, the call Rams for Clay game, Matthews. If, the, the Rams. The Patriots game they the were right there. Right, you sh- and then if you win those games... Arizona, I mean, there's no reason you, for them to lose those games. If you beat the Rams and the Patriots and you're in a good spot in that locker room where you're primed for a playoff spot, you beat Arizona at home. I mean, let's be honest. Absolutely. That's, that season was just a freaking disaster by that point. And you, you know, think right now, well, you guys are throwing out shoulda, coulda, woulda, and ifs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's okay to do that because... Because of the parody in the NFL and because of how it really is a game of inches. I mean, remember the Raiders mm-hmm. a few years ago when they went, what, 12 and 4? It was like the Derek Carr MVP year. When he, when he broke his leg or whatever, week how 16? How many games did they win, like, right at the buzzer? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean they, Andrew Luck every single exactly. year. Exactly. It's just like <laughs> it, there's so many variables that can happen that can change you from really four or five wins or four or five losses. Right. It's just the NFL is so hard to predict. That's why I hate sports talk radio where you get your schedule in the beginning of the year and guys are predicting wins. Yeah. Because I remember in the beginning of the season, you and I both said, man, there's a shot that this Bills team, with Nathan Peterman especially, may be the worst football team. And Josh Allen came out yeah, not Nathan, Yeah, not Nathan Peterman. That was two years ago. But well, yeah. no, Peterman started this year. He did start. He started. That's right. He had the lowest QB rating. Yeah. Geez, that seems like so long ago. It does. Right. Then Josh Allen finally got his shot. What was that? Week two. I think it was week two. He started, and then Peterman actually came back because Allen got hurt again. But yeah, I was saying Bills gonna have the first overall pick, and I was off on that. I said the Packers would make it to the Super Bowl. I was wrong on that, and I also said the Bears would go eight and eight. I was wrong on that. It's so hard to predict the NFL. It really is. So we should continue to predict the NFL and go into the divisional round. I went three zero and one on Wild Card Weekend. I know you did as well. I did as well. We actually went on different games, though. I won the Cowboys game because I took the money line. You yeah, took the two I took the spread, spread, which was two. I knew I'm something was I, up with that fucking spread, man. When I know. it's two, I'm like, no well, way. And it's funny, too. I'll tell a quick story before we get into the divisional round. I have Spectrum Cable, mm-hmm. who I hate right now. 
Oh, I do too because I, I host the college basketball yeah. show. Well, I, I produce the college basketball show. And me oh, it's and Don, okay. He's not here. Don, and Don, we, <laughs> Don hosts it. He's way better than me. We went to watch uh, the Marquette game and I turned it on and it's like, you don't get this. That's and the NFL so playoffs stupid. too because they're in this dispute or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm paying them $114 a month so I can watch sports. So what did you do for the game? Did you have to go out or did you I, just I, not watch it? I don't want to go out. I, you know, You know me. You two. Right. We're poor. We work in radio. Right. If I go to like, a restaurant to watch a football game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy four or five beers. I'm gonna buy some oh, wings. Yeah, get, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna be like, I'm, my, gonna, get a, I'm gonna get a doggy bag. Of my more wings bill is I gonna leave. be right. so much money. I don't want to do that. That's right. why I pay for cable so I don't go to the bar every week. Yeah, you drink and at your spend, house. Exactly. Right. Your fifty cent beers. Cable's 114 bucks a month. You're saving money buying cable than going out to the bar every week and watching games. So, so you so missed one game only. I missed right? one game, but I'm watching it on my phone, not watching the game, just watching the updates. Oh, I see shit. it's 24 to 14. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I was playing PlayStation with a buddy of mine, and I was telling him like about uh, you know I got fifty bucks on uh, the Cowboys to cover the two, yeah. And he's like, well, how, what's going on right now? I was like, well, they're up by ten. Seattle has the ball at the thirteen yard line with a minute thirteen to go. They're probably going to score, but I'll be fine. Like I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know Janikowski was hurt. So yeah, about twenty minutes later, I checked the score and it was twenty four twenty two. And I hated Pete Carroll for about an hour and a half until I found out it was Janikowski. I got hurt, which is why they had to go for two, which is a bad beat for me. Well, you could hate Pete Carroll for attempting a 48-yard field goal with a 90-year-old kicker. I could do that, too. Because it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he went down, and I was I was talking about this. You should almost be allowed to like carry an emergency kicker for right? a situation because you're so fucked. Yeah. And everybody's like, no, that's stupid. You can't have an emergency kicker. And I'm like, well... Why not? I mean... If you're not going to take special teams out of the game, which I don't want them to do, I don't want them to take special teams out of the game, but you're fucked if you lose your kicker or your punter. I mean, not really so much your punter, because I feel like every quarterback or backup quarterback at some point, whether it be high school or college, like you did that pooch kick like where you faked like you had your offense on the field. Everybody yeah. would drop back and you'd do that little punt and try to, you know... Uh, you know, pin him back. I feel like every quarterback can maybe like punt the ball like at least like 25, 30 yards. But right. a field goal kicker, you can't just like... You know, I laugh every time this is like this story comes up, like where Rodgers goes down and then the backup comes in, whether it be Hunley or Kaiser, whoever pisses down their leg that game. They're always like, well, Randall Cobbs, the backup quarterback, you know, played some quarterback at Kentucky. And I'm always like, at that point, like, especially like week 17 this year, I was like rooting for it. I was like, yeah, go down, Kaiser. I I finally (laughs) want to see this fucker play quarterback, you know? But it's not like you could just say, hey, Randall, go kick field goals. Right. You know what I mean? I I mean, you have a better, yeah, it's, I think you have a better chance. I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but how do you I think that situation? I think it's though? easier to I mean, you don't to, see it very. I think often, it's easier but... to play quarterback sometimes than, than than kick a field goal. As far as the guys on the roster, well, yeah, because you, know, you because can just a like lot run of, the wildcat. A lot of well, all those players too, like you mentioned with Cobb, mm-hmm. did play quarterback at some point in their life. You probably have at least three to four guys on every team that have a lot of those players school, though never kicked field goals because in high school, I mean now, especially, but you have a better chance, of course, if you if you lose your kicker. You have a better chance of still winning the game than losing your starting quarterback because you can go for two. And as the numbers show, was uh-huh. a fifty-one percent conversion rate. Yeah. So you actually you actually end up scoring more points going for two than you do kicking the extra point. That's but still, thing. you are yeah you are screwed if you need a field goal to win a game if you lose your kicker. Right. But it happens so seldom. What do you do? Right. Exactly. It does happen seldom. But if it does happen and it happens in a playoff game and your season is over because Sebastian Janikowski, who's like fifty-two years old, maybe you shouldn't sign Sebastian Janikowski then. Well, he probably shouldn't be your kicker. That's a good point. But yeah. I love Sebastian Jankowski. I have since his Florida State days. He was always into 
like just taking like strong. What round acid. did he go? He went r- round one. He right? went really early. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Raiders like twenty seven or something. something I don't like know. That. Seventeen. Maybe didn't they even? didn't they draft their punter that draft too? Who was their punter? Oh, I don't remember who the punter was. I mean, they I had, they King. had a, it was no, no before Marquette King. Well, yeah, because he's like twenty seven. Yeah, years old, it was right? a it was Sebastian Janikowski, and they had a punter. I can't remember who it was. Things started with a V. I don't remember this. You guys started on the divisional week, and I'm going to look this up. Yeah, because now it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> I can't name too many '90s punters. I know, I know, I know. Like, but it was. Oh, this is going to kill me now. So the Colts and the Chiefs. Go ahead. Saturday, January twelfth, three thirty-five. You can catch that game on Shane Lepler. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank, you, thank you. Okay, go ahead. Colts and Chiefs. Um, we could start there, and the Chiefs opened up as five and a half point favorites in Kansas City. Everybody and their mother is on the Colts in this game. Everybody is picking the Colts. Straight Which up. worries me. Which worries me as well. But the Chiefs. I said this when they lost Kareem Hunt. I was like. Yeah, they still have the weapons. Tyreek Hill is still amazing. Patrick Mahomes is on his way to maybe being one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever step foot on this planet. But in the playoffs, we're seeing it, man. We saw Remember, we were all talking offense all season long, especially that Rams-Chiefs game when they combined for 9,000 points. Yep. But look what's happened now in the playoffs. Look what's happened these last three weeks. Look at the Ravens. Granted, they're done now, but these teams, the Chargers— Everybody has to play defense. And the Colts play defense. The Colts are playing really well. It's out defense. But and what else do they do though? They run the football. And now the Chiefs I mean, you could still run the football with what guys are the Chiefs like giving up Spencer like five Ware. yards a carry almost. Mm-hmm. And I mean Marlon Mack weather, is good. A defensive game like that, you want to keep Andrew Luck off the field. It would be very beneficial to have a top five running back like Kareem Hunt, but unfortunately for them, they don't. So I am going to lean the Colts in this game. The Colts, I keep saying this, they remind me of the Packers Super Bowl run um, where the defense just got really hot the last eight weeks of the season and they had the hottest quarterback in the league like Rodgers was. And Rodgers went on the road throughout the playoffs, you know, went into Atlanta, beat Philadelphia, and then, you know, went into Soldier Field and beat the Bears in the NFC Championship game. He was just the hottest quarterback in the league. And that's what Andrew Luck is right now. And their defense is just playing lights out. Like, where they don't have the biggest names, like Green Bay didn't that year. But they're just playing great defense. And Andrew Luck is hot right now. And, and he's winning on the road. Look what it took, too. The offensive line. You know, they drafted with a sixth pick. It took that guard. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name right now. Quentin Nelson? Quentin Nelson. Yeah. And then they took a tackle in the second round, who I can't remember the name. Well, that's what they had to do because they paid Andrew Luck all that money, and it made no fucking sense because they didn't give him any Both protection. Both those guys are all pro first team. Mm-hmm. That's only happened one other time in NFL history where two rookies were all pro first team on the same team. That was Gail Sayers and Dick Buckus for the Bears back in, like, what, like, you know, 60s? Mm-hmm. I was important. No, me neither. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, it's impressive that you found... I mean, everybody knew Quentin Nelson was going to be a stud. Yeah. But this other guy, and I can't remember his name. You look it up. Uh, second round pick, tackle on the Colts, all pro, first team. Like, they're doing such a great job where Luck didn't even get sacked against Houston in the wild card round. No, he's barely got hit all season. See, that was always the problem with Andrew Luck. And that's why he was always hurt. You have to get an offensive line to protect your quarterback. And Luck, I mean, I've been saying this for his whole career. I'm like, man, this guy is... This guy's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the he has all the talent in the world to be the best quarterback in the NFL, but for so long, he wasn't being protected. He was taking shots left and right, and 
we all know is a quarterback, you're, if you're on your back every play, you mm-hmm. can't produce. And Luck right now is standing up every play. He's producing. And he's got weapons. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Mack has really come on this season. You know, and I look at the Colts with that defense. Kansas City has the best offense in the NFL, but I think the Colts have the offense to compete with Kansas City's offense. I think so, too. I think the Colts have a defense to, I wouldn't say stop Kansas City, but no, you're not gonna stop at least them. slow them down. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kansas City has a defense to slow down the Colts' offense. That's the thing, and if I'm the Colts, and you mentioned Marlon Mack, I'm pounding the football, and I'm scheming my receivers down the field, and I am keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Yeah, have, that's got to be the game plan. Weapons. I got Eric Ebron in the red zone. I got T.Y. Hilton to get me downfield. Um, the tackle you're talking about, Braden Smith. That's which, who it is. Which is crazy because I had to think there for a minute because you had Braden Smith. I almost thought that that was the year before, but you're right. It went Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, but there was a guy... Um, Braden Smith, uh, Darius Leonard actually got taken in the second round before Smith even got taken. And all three, I want to say all three, I got to look this up. All Leonard three first are team pro, pro football focus, all rookie teams. So okay. No, so nothing too huge. But that's what I'm saying. That's what the Colts did this year is you paid Andrew Luck all that money years back, but it didn't make any sense because he didn't have an offensive line. He was getting hit more than any quarterback in the league, and he almost lost him for his career. Like, let's be honest. I didn't think Andrew Luck was ever going to not only play again, ever throw a football again. Like, he didn't start throwing a football until this summer. His shoulder was that fucked up. It is Darius Leonard. Yeah, Darius Leonard. Yeah. Yeah, so he went before, so it went Nelson, Leonard, okay. Yeah. So they hit, but that's that's my point right there. That's what Green Bay needs to do. It doesn't have to be a two, I hate that two to three year rebuild when you have a quarterback like Andrew Luck, like Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't have to be like that. You hit on your three picks right there. You have to hit on the first round. You have to hit on the second round. You should you should hit on the third and fourth, but that's a crapshoot. And look how bad, like, we were just talking about the Colts team as a whole, the Colts roster a few years back, where it was nothing but Andrew Luck. Very similar rosters in very, the NFL. But they were still deep. winning 10, 11 games. Uh-huh. That's why, like, when you hear people, I, and I, I don't know why I keep bringing this up, because I shouldn't give them any attention, but they say trade Rodgers. You can do it with a rookie quarterback. It's like, they're not in position and you can't to trade do that. Rogers. You cannot tra- yeah, exactly. You like, can't trade Rodgers in the first place with a contract that he has. That you literally can't, is but what I it's tell like, people. He's literally... One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Why would you move on from that guy, even it's, if you could? It's I just the don't get it. Stupidest argument on the planet. And, and even if you wanted to, like, even if you just fucking hated the guy and he sucked and he went into the locker room and just took a dump in the middle and was like, "I hate everybody here. I'm just not even going to try." You literally can't trade him <laughs> because, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. But I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm so taking the Colts. Colts. I'm definitely taking the Colts on the spread. I don't know yet if I'm not taking them on the money line. line. I don't know yet. Like, I want to, but I still. I have to think about this a little bit more. It's only Wednesday. When's that game? Saturday or yeah. Sunday? Saturday? Oh, that's Saturday. Okay. Let's go to the uh, other AFC game, though. Chargers and Patriots, which is another game I'm really looking forward to. Tom Brady versus Phillip Rivers. Rivers still questing for that first Super Bowl ring in his career. And I said this since the start of the season. I picked the Chargers to win that division. Of course, they were a wild card team. But you look at the team, I think they're the most complete team in the NFL right now from top to bottom from offense to defense special teams as well mm-hmm. and that's really benefiting them all season long and man that Ravens game I mean Ravens had no answer no answer I love Lamar Jackson but um not only can he not make any not only can he not make every NFL throw I don't think he can make any NFL throw no I mean he can but 
I, I I'm rooting for him, but man, he, I like uh, him. But the I don't know. Teams are gonna figure him out. Well, because okay, and like, I they said figured this out too. RG three, who is ten times more talented. I'm s- saying that RG three was a ten times better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I uh, I looked at Baltimore and I felt like they're built for success in the playoffs because of that defense and the running game. Mm-hmm. And had they not played the Chargers Week 16, I was all over Baltimore. I was going to take Baltimore, but because they played L.A. in Week 16. I just had this feeling that they're going to know what to do against Lamar Jackson. They're going to know what to do against the offense, and they showed it. Yeah, they knew exactly what to do. I'd they stack knew, the box and say, they you knew beat what plays exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, going back to this one though, so I feel like this is Philip Rivers' year because I feel like this might be his last legit shot at a Super Bowl ring. Um, you know, he this team isn't going anywhere. They're really talented, and they could be around next year. But like we just said with the Bears, and, you know, you look back at when the Packers blew that NFC Championship game against Seattle, and they even said in the locker room, it's just so hard to stay healthy, have everything bounce your way, and be back to this position next year. Phillip Rivers, 0-7 versus Brady as a starter. Um, Brady 4-0 against Phillip Rivers in games played in New England and 2-0 against Brady in the playoffs, although one of those games, the the AFC Championship game, was when Phillip Rivers tore his ACL and still stayed in the game. But uh, I feel like everybody, that this is it, that he's due. He's finally due. It's like when Peyton Manning finally got over the hump and beat Brady in the playoffs. I think that's what happens this year. I'm going to take the Chargers straight up. I think they go into New England and they beat the Patriots. I think they're the more talented team. I don't think that... Especially if if you use Melvin Gordon, if you use the backs, and if you use your skill position players in a way where you make New England's linebackers try to cover your skill position players, I just don't think they have enough speed on the field this year. Gronk's a shell of himself. You lost Josh Gordon for the year. Brady's Brady, and he's going to have a game. Brady's going to ball the fuck out when it comes down. Because also, he doesn't have that many more opportunities. You know what I'm saying? No. So that's why I'm really going to enjoy this game. Could be the last time we see these guys. And whether you like Phillip Rivers, you hate him, you think he's overrated, I think he's been good for the game of football. I'm getting butterflies already just talking about this game. I am so pumped for this game. And Phillip Rivers, I'm a huge Rivers fan. I love the guy. And I would love to see him get that Super Bowl ring that has eluded him in his career because I feel like he's one of those guys where when you're talking about Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. he's got the numbers. Yeah. But I feel like if he doesn't get that ring, he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, if I had the decision to vote him in, I would. Absolutely. I feel like, though, we could do a whole podcast that may keep him out. Yeah, and you know, you, you may be right. And you look at a guy like Eli Manning, who I think for sure will get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He's not as good of a quarterback as Philip Rivers. Right, because I don't think rings really matter as far as that. Uh, I mean, because look at Dan Marino, but I don't think that Philip Rivers is. He's not the, a Dan Marino. He though. hasn't had the career. You know, I no. feel like Rivers is right on that, that cusp. And Marino won every year. I mean, he just didn't win Super Bowls, but I mean, he was in the dance every year. And, Phillip and, Rivers. and Rivers has had some talented teams. Really talented. I, that, teams. Those Chargers teams when, when they Damian decided Tomlinson? to move on from Drew Brees and go with Philip Rivers. I mean, they thought Brees was done with the shoulder injury, but when they when Sean Merriman when they made that move, yeah that that was one of my favorite NFL teams. Antonio Gates, which is he still. I love those jerseys <laughs> too that they had back then. The light blue ones, yeah, were, were sweet. Yeah, I know they wear them every once in a while, but yeah. like those ones back then, like what was all that? their jerseys were yeah, actually they're, pretty yeah, bad. They're really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Chargers in this one though, and and like here's the so here's the crazy thing. I'm rooting for every quarterback in the AFC. I like them all. I like Luck. I like Mahomes. Um, I like uh, Breeze. I'm uh, Breeze. I mean, I like Brady. <laughs> I like Breeze. I like but yeah, I like Breeze, but I'm not rooting for Breeze because then I have to hear that he has one more Super Bowl than Aaron Rodgers' argument when we start talking <laughs> goats. So I'm rooting for any AFC team and no NFC teams. I or, I guess I kind of root for Nick Foles. 
But then Nick Foles is going to have more. I'm rings rooting for Aaron Nick Rogers. Foles, and in a little bit, I'll tell you why. But going back to this game, real quick, I'm mm-hmm. taking Tom Brady. I'm taking the Patriots. Really, I still am, and it's funny because I feel like this is like the worst Patriots team that we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Yet there was still a number two seed in the AFC. Now, of course, that all goes back to the division they're in. They're in a weaker division than most teams. Like the Chargers, look, they have a better record than New England, and they're going to be going on the road. But in Foxborough, man, Brady's just so tough to beat. I never bet against Brady in Foxborough. And I don't know what's going to happen the week after. I would love to see a Patriots-Colts matchup because the whole Josh McDaniel situation. I love controversy. Deflategate. I think that would be awesome. Exactly. And... In a game they won forty five to seven. The deflated balls didn't even matter. But anyways, I'm taking Brady. I'm taking the Patriots. I might take Philip Rivers and the Chargers to cover. But right now in the money line, I'm going on Brady. All right, let's go back uh, to the first NFC game, which is seven fifteen Saturday night on Fox Cowboys Rams. I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, Cowboys have a really good defense. The only thing I'm worried about with them is they don't travel well. Yeah, and they've proven that all season long. Like if this game is in Dallas, I think I'm taking Dallas straight up. I was gonna say, but because it's in um, L.A. and mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there, there's going to be a lot of Dallas fans traveling there. I believe. Oh yeah, I'd but say I, probably more. Da- I yeah, mean, look at when Green Bay was in L.A. But I still think it's going to be different playing in that atmosphere uh, and not at uh, Cowboys Stadium, AT and T Stadium in Dallas. And I think that uh, the Rams they had their slip up already. I think they're refocused. I think Jared Goff has a big game, and the Rams win this, but I don't think they cover. Was it seven points, eight points? Yeah, I think everybody's expecting Dallas to just go in there and just get... I think Dallas keeps it close. I do, too. Yeah. I think it's a close game, but I, I yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. Like ultimately. I said, if it was in Dallas, I'm taking the Cowboys, but... Rams just have way too much They talent. do. And I remember a couple of weeks back, everybody said Dak Prescott... Most likely not going to be the quarterback in Dallas. Jason Garrett's going to lose his job, and now look what they've done. And Dax played pretty damn good. That Amari Cooper trade saved their season. See, and that's what I was trying to tell everybody. I didn't hate the trade as much as everybody else because this draft— Okay, the Cowboys' greatest need was wide receiver. They're stacked on defense. Their offensive line is tremendous, and you have arguably the best running back in the league. Um, You're not going to move on from Dak right now. It's just the way it is. You're not moving on from Dak right now. And so you had one need on that team, and it was wide receiver. Look at this year's draft and name me a wide receiver that's better than Amari Cooper. There isn't one. Shut the fuck up. It was a good trade. Amari Cooper's been great. That's the thing, too. I don't know why people look at draft picks as, like, they're so sexy to people. You know? It's like, I go back to the Bears and Cleo Mack. Mm -hmm. People were pissed off because they gave up too much for Cleo Mack. Like it's a crapshoot. What do you need? Like, what do you need? What's your biggest need? Like yeah. for the Cowboys, it's the wide receiver. For the Bears, it was an edge rusher. Right. And you have that guy right there. Mm-hmm. He's right there right now today. You don't have to wait till next year's draft for a chance to get that guy. And he helps you, you win have this him. exactly. So I look at that trade when it first happened. I'm like, oh, well, why are they doing that? But watching the benefit that and how it paid off, obviously. It's written in the stone. It was a great trade. Great trade. Great, great trade. trade. But yeah, so I'm going Rams on that one, too. I don't really have much else to say on that one. Yeah. You? Well, no. not really. Okay. I mean, it's two teams I really don't like. Right, exactly. But I'm going to watch the game, obviously. Eagles Unless it's Saints. on Fox, right? Eagles Saints, yep. Oh, yeah, that one is, is on, on Fox. Fox. Yep. Well, I'm, if any game's on Fox, I'm glad it's that one. And then you got Sunday 340 on Fox, Eagles Saints, NFC Divisional Playoffs. Who do you like in that one? Oh, man, I really want the Eagles to win. I'll tell you why. I want Nick Foles to win two straight Super Bowls. So they have to tell him, hey, Nick, we're going to bench you again for Carson Wentz after you won us two straight Super Bowls. Well, he's gone next year, though. 
He's, wouldn't you, not wouldn't be able you, to keep him. Wouldn't you try to bring him back, though, if you won two straight Super Bowls? They, they can't because they see they got lucky because they brought him back for like a million dollars this yeah. year. They, 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 what they if? They like, can't do it. They got to get rid of him. What would you do, though? In his market? I don't think they... So, okay, here's the thing. The Eagles have done a tremendous fucking job at trading quarterbacks that they don't need anymore for first-round picks. They traded Sam Bradford for a yeah. first-round pick. I don't think they're going to get a first-round pick for Nick Foles, but I do think they get a second-round pick. And I think you make that deal in a heartbeat. Because here's the crazy thing. Carson Wentz is your future, and Carson Wentz is the better, more talented quarterback than Nick Foles. Absolutely. But for some reason, this team just rallies it's around just Nick so Foles. It's so weird. Like, I, I've had this conversation with a couple of people the last uh, week or so, and it's like, if you had a choice between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, you're an idiot if you're taking Nick Foles. Of course you're taking Carson Wentz. Right. He's younger. He's more talented. He's more polished. They're gonna get he was an killed, MVP though. candidate. Right. But the amount of injuries he has suffered now over the last two seasons and the fact that even when he was healthy this year, they couldn't get on the right track. They couldn't get on the same page. And now Nick Foles steps in and has that Foles magic. And like he didn't even play good on Sunday against the Bears. Mm-hmm. He, threw the, he threw that one interception in the end zone. I was like, what are you doing? But he throws the game-winning touchdown pass to Golden Tate. And if they ride him all the way to the Super Bowl, I just I think it's so funny. I just want to see what Philly fans are going to say mm-hmm. after Nick Foles does leave and they turn it back over to Carson Wentz. Because obviously Wentz, like I said, like I'm in agreement with everybody that Wentz is the better quarterback. There's no oh, yeah. doubt. It's yeah. just so freaking weird. Why can't you win with Wentz, but you can win with Foles? I almost feel bad for Carson Wentz because last year he was on pace to most likely win MVP. Yeah, just absolutely. ripping up the league. And then he has to sit back and I mean, watch he led Nick them to the number one seed. lead his team to a Super Bowl. And then this year, same thing. Yeah, But I think the magic runs out. Uh, Nick Foles is going to have to get rid of the ball quickly in this game, which I think he'll do. I think he'll keep it close, but I like the Saints to... Win this one, um, probably by a, maybe a score, maybe a t- maybe a full. Yeah, what's the spread on this, this one? one? I think it was at six or five and a half. Okay, I like the Eagles to cover because I think the Saints, you know, they're they're going to be coming in after a uh, layover after a few weeks rest. Yeah, and the Eagles are just riding them momentum right now. I think right. the Eagles go up early. I think they go up like ten nothing, fourteen nothing. So you think Breeze plays from behind? This I game? think Breeze plays from behind, and but I think the Saints are just. So good, so complete, way more talented than Philly is. Philly's dealing with injuries, of course, and they're secondary, even though they have been playing pretty well. But I don't think they have the players to match up with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and, of course, Drew Brees. We all know how good he is. Super Bowl-winning quarterback, has the experience. Well, the Saints are eight-point favorites. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Philly. I'm definitely taking Philly to cover. But the Saints still win this game. I'm taking the over in this one, too, 50-and-a-half. I think there's 50-and-a-half? I think so. Eh, you know what? Maybe not. Mm. Maybe I'm going under. I don't know. That's tough. Forty six and a half. I always have a Chargers, horrible read Patriots. on over unders. Yes. Always have a horrible read. Well, the only impossible. over I, I hit on recently was KC and LA. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course t- you're hitting on that. Kind of, it, that, oh, that could have been. What was that, that total, at? Was it sixty five? I think it ended at like one hundred and fifty, and I would have taken it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are so many points to be put up in that game. All right, so I think we agree on pretty much. Well, we agree on Colts. Uh, we agree. We're going different, separate on. No, yeah, you have the, you're taking the Chargers to cover. Right. I don't know if I'm taking the Patriots to cover. I'm taking the if we're going straight up. Though, I'm going straight up. Okay, are you taking the Colts straight up? I'm taking the Colts straight. Okay, I'm taking the Chiefs straight up. Okay. Oh, and you're then, taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking okay. the Colts to cover, but I'm taking the Chiefs straight up. Okay. And then I got Patriots straight up, and probably the Chargers to cover. So we disagree on a couple of these. Okay. At least. Well, that's good though. As we do this podcast, a uh, rumor that just popped up before we end this because I know we got to get out of here. 
Adam Gase possibly uh, to become the Lions offensive coordinator. Some rumors that are floating around. So, I follow a lot of Detroit media for some reason. Why do you do that? I really like Mike Valeni, who does their afternoon show over there. He's great. What about Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press? Don't even know who that is. I'm just throwing out some Detroit names for you. Does he come on our show? No. Should I know him? Like, you know what? I... I booked him once on a college show. Once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, College okay. radio. Back in the day. I see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Over at uh, sportstownchicago.com. Sportstownchicago.com. Yeah, you know all about that. They do it better. Yep. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> that's what I got. I think that's it, man. All right. Let's do this again next week, and we could uh, predict the... Because we'll have the AFC-NFC title game. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Am I losing my mind? It's going so quick. Man, it's but the Super Bowl's not for another what twenty five days. It's depressing because like I love playoff football, but I'm like a week closer to like actually having to hang out with my family on Sundays. That sounds awful. Maybe we should delete that part. Yeah. All right, I gotta. Get I'm out keeping of here. it then. Have a good one. <laughs> you too. That's Ryan Horvath. I'm Cody Grant. One hundred five seven FM. The fan.